This episode of Clinic Gym Radio is brought to you by Clinic Gym Connect. Just go to clinicgymconnect.com to learn more. But Clinic Gym Connect is a wonderful, amazing communication system that you can use in your clinic to grow. All growth has to start around communication and Clinic Gym Connect makes that easy. With two-way text-based communication, the ability to send out review links, the ability to wow your patients, provide great customer service, follow up more efficiently, faster, and using the method of communication your patients are already using, which is text messaging. You can learn more again at clinicgymconnect.com. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist that believes in exercise, wants to make some money, and wants to provide the absolute best care for your patients? Well, then you are in the right place. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and this is Clinic Gym Radio, where we talk about the Clinic Gym hybrid model, which is combining the best parts of healthcare with active care and fantastic exercise programs to get patients the best care they can while helping you make more money in this game. This is Clinic Gym Radio, and I'm Dr. Josh Satterley. I'm excited for you to be here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and it's my pleasure today to be joined by Dr. Haley Day. Haley, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Now, Haley, you are, uh, among other things, I think you have about a thousand things you do, but one of them is you have another, you have a podcast as well called the Lifestyle Practice Builders Podcast, and then also the lifestylepracticebuilders.com. Give us a little idea what that's all about. Sure. So we started the podcast almost five years ago, and it was just an outlet for us to start talking about chiropractic business and bringing on entrepreneurs and other people who support chiropractors on the business side so that we could you know, get the message out there about how to run a better practice and also share different aspects of chiropractic practice with those who listen. So we started it five years ago almost, and it's kind of changed over the time. We have transitioned it more into a focus of, you know, how to start a practice, how to make that transition from student to practicing chiropractor or maybe struggling chiropractor to a more successful, more grounded, more foundational um, in business. So um, just to support chiropractors coming out of school and give them the, the tools that they need to survive. Nice. And when you're saying us, your husband's also a chiropractor as well, right? So there you were coming out of chiropractic college full of love uh, and not knowing what you're getting yourself into. Exactly. We, and we did it as a resource we wish we had when we started our practice. Yeah. My husband is, he's a natural born speaker. So he actually started the podcast, but over the five years, it's transitioned to more my thing. And um, now we're going to try to do it more together, but um, I, I've enjoyed it too. So did you just start like pressing record on your phone, setting it on the dining room tables? He was going on and on about stuff like, no, he actually was doing five episodes a day when he started and they were mostly interviews um, wow. or quick, quick tips, but that we started it the day that our third daughter was born. So it became too much after a few months and we, we brought it back. And, and so, and then we've taken moments away from it and bring it back, but we've been really consistent over the last year with it. That's awesome. So uh, along with this, so we have plenty of student listeners and we have a lot of listeners who maybe are working for as an associate for somebody else and want to go out on their own. And I think the, the fundamentals of the principles you talk about work, no matter where people are at. And like you brought up, you know, if you're 
going through a rough patch and God love everybody who, you know, is going through that right now because of state mandates or space mandates or, you know, something that's completely out of our control. Um, it's never too late to go back and reinstall systems or principles or, or processes, right? Yeah. So we really think there are some foundational elements to the practice that people really need to nail right out of the gate before before they even get started to make sure that they're able to stay in the game and succeed. Because we've seen, you know, several chiropractors that just got ahead of themselves and didn't establish those foundations and have to close. And so we'd love to see more students come out, be successful and really succeed. Yeah. I have a, uh, a friend who's a basketball coach and what you're saying kind of reminds me of his story. It's, it's funny. He said uh, he had this kid that came in and was bigger than most kids, taller, and loved to drive to the hole and slam, right? Just loved to just dunk on everybody as you would if you were a 12-year-old male and you know, you're able to. Uh, or I think this kid's like 14 and he could, they were playing on a nine-foot hoop and he could dunk on everybody. Well, the first game they play, uh, he he was he fundamentally didn't really dribble that well because he kind of did this like two step and then dunk, mm-hmm. and so the first time he tries to drive in to to dunk on somebody, the defense just takes the ball right away from him, and just runs down, scores a point. And uh, my buddy was telling me it happened about four times in a row, and he said you you in real time watch this kid go from oh my god I'm the best I got all this energy I'm so tall realizing my my signature move my one thing isn't working here. And he said, came back to practice the next week and literally after practice goes, uh, hey, coach, could you, uh, if I got it here early tomorrow, could you show me how to dribble? <laughs> it's like, you're telling me you're in competitive basketball and you don't know, you're, you're admitting that you don't know how to dribble, but yet I can't think of something more fundamental to playing good basketball than dribbling long before dunking or shooting. But because that kid had that ability, he just got so enthralled with that. And then as soon as the defense showed him, like, that doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. We're going to take it away. The world became a somber place. So I'm sure there's some folks going into practice that are like they got a lot of energy. They're they're used to being a great speaker or very charismatic. People love them. Maybe they're you know they were previously a personal trainer and know how to sell. All that's great. But sometimes the world you know business uh, is a great. It's objective. It doesn't care who your dad was or who your mom was or where you're from. It's going to treat you the same, and it's going to really show you what you do well or maybe that you need to improve. Yeah, I think I will say we got lucky in a way, maybe. We opened up right after the housing crisis of 2008. Um, And so we got lucky in a sense that we knew what was going on. Like the students coming out today, at least they know what happened last year and that there's some uncertainty. And so we were able to make choices for ourselves to align ourselves with building that foundation rather than just coming out and everything's so easy. And we, you know, we wasted money over here, but man, we were bringing it in over here. And so that's not as important. But when you have to really think about every penny you're spending and every, you have to be very intentional about the time you spend marketing and patient care and all of those things to build your practice, then, you know, you, we were supporting each other through that and knowing that we, you know, the odds were against us. So I think that really helped us out. Nice. Well, it's, it's great that you also tested it, uh, in, in possibly the worst, uh, economic time we can think of, although 2020 is trying its best to compete with that for a lot of people. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you kind of talked about uh, five different things that you notice uh, are really principles to, to making a great transition. And if it's all right with you, I'd love to dive into those and start out and just give people kind of a roadmap of maybe the five things to make sure they address or think about uh, as they're making that transition in their own practice. How's that sound? That, that's wonderful. We So I actually, I sat down and I thought, you know, what would really help students or, or associates that want to start their own practice out? And I thought, these five things are so foundational and so important to really understand if you've, some students have never had a job. And so you really need to understand what is business. And so I wrote this ebook. It's on our website and download for free. It's called The Five Things You Must Know Before You Start a Practice. And so the first thing we can start with is mindset. And there's a lot of things around mindset. And it's kind of a hot topic, I would say right now. But um, I talk about three things I think are really foundational. Three things I think really helped us. And And this is independent of any way they want to practice. I mean, they might be a... Gonstead practitioner, they might really believe in fitness, they might really want to do uh, MPI or McKinsey, doesn't matter. Just make sure that you're saying, make sure your mindset is ready. And you've got three tips there. Yes. And so it goes for anyone. Um, It really starts with a vision of what you want your practice to be. And like you said, all those different things, it can be any one of those things. And then having the mindset going into business that you're going to thrive. And, and those, the three things that I talk about that I think really helped us, the mindsets that we had were being resourceful, um, you know, coming out during the time of housing crisis, we have to be re, uh, resourceful. Some of the stuff we had in our practice came from Craigslist. Um, it was free from family members. We collected it while we were in school that we knew we would need it. Um, resilience to, you know, okay, this month wasn't good. What can we do to make next month better? And then adaptable, um, which also goes along with that, but really being adaptable to the economy, to our circumstances and making what was working for us to really strengthen that and what wasn't working against us to figure out how we could fix those issues. So, yeah, I love that. I I remember, uh, you know, it's resonating with me when we opened our first practice, I can remember our landlord walking in, it was a fairly large office building. and, And he said, listen, we can't put a sign up, uh, a monument sign up like we thought we could. The city didn't approve it, blah, blah. And I remember just being heartbroken, like just absolutely destroyed. Like, oh man, uh, you know, there's not going to be a sign. And that, and really in the end, you know, putting a sign up matters very little. Maybe it reminds people wh- who are already on their way to you where you are. But mm-hmm. putting that up in an office, outside an office building, when there's a monument sign for those listening is like where you see 30 different offices listed on the, the sign out front. Really, that would be very little. But man, I wish I had some more resilience back then to just be like, well, that's just how it is. I mean, the city didn't approve it, so move on because there's nothing you can do about it. And I remember I was down in the dumps for like three days and, you know, questioning everything. It's like of all the things that I worry about, that was such a drop in the ocean, you know. Yeah, we one of the things we did was we tried newspaper ads because you just don't know what's going to work. We were in a smaller town. And so we thought, you know, let's commit to five months of newspaper ads. And so we did it. Not one patient came in from it. They're not cheap, but we turned it into, we reached out to the people at the newspaper and said, Hey, this isn't working for us. What could we do? And they said, well, we'll send someone out. We'll do an article on you. And that article brought in, you know, 10 patients, I think um, after it, it printed. So just that ability to think, you know, this isn't working. How can we turn this around? Right. 
or find something else that's that's working or, you know, reach out to people. I think a lot of students, they maybe aren't nice to the teachers at school. And, you know, you never know when someone can help you out with an issue to be able to call them um, a past employer and just ask them, hey, I'm really struggling here or a peer. You know, we called other students that we'd graduated with and said, hey, what's working in your practice? We're really, this is working right. for us. So I think that communication and relationships are so important um, for that too. To oh yeah, that's what's, that's what's gonna, in the right place. That's what's going to grow your practice is the relationships more than anything else, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah. So having that mindset and, and you talked a little bit about something I just want to clear up for those listening. Like you said, you know, visualize what you want. And I think when, when I was coming into practice, it was um, maybe I didn't feel worthy of thinking about exactly what I wanted or, you know, how I wanted it. Because if I, if I were honest, what I really like doing is starting early and finishing around three or four. I just, my energy just is gone after four o'clock, even working from home. Doesn't matter what I've done in my life. I'm, I I'll work, I'll show up to work at 5.00 AM, but please don't ask me to work past three thirty. you know? Mm-hmm. And so really what I'd love to do is have a practice where it's like opens early, uh, and then end the afternoon at three and go to the gym, go on a hike, go out, play sports, whatever, just not be inside in front of a computer in front of patients. And I didn't have the guts to say like, that's what we're going to design this thing around, you know? And it, and I will tell you, if you talk to any of my patients in those first three years, if they got care around like 4 PM, <laughs> it was not what I was delivering at 9 AM, you know? So yeah, and you're going to make up for that too by being there earlier, you know. And there's yeah. pa- there's going to be patients that appreciate that. So. Oh man, we worked with a bunch of triathletes, and out here in Vegas, it'll be 95 degrees at five in the morning. So they'll do their morning runs sometimes at like three thirty, four in the morning, just to stay out of the direct sun. And we had people like, hey, uh, if I paid extra, would you see me at like six a.m. or you know five thirty? And I was like, well, I don't know how. <laughs> what do you, what are you thinking? They're like. Well, the cost of the visit plus, I don't know, fifty dollars. I remember early on in practice, like, you know, we do have some openings then. Come on down. <laughs> like that extra fifty bucks cash was like, heck yeah, I'll do it. But uh, but it's funny, like I just never had the guts to say that and design that practice that I wanted. You know? Yeah, and I think there's so much clarity clarity is important. And so then that's our second thing is when you're putting the business plan together, you're gonna think through all of those things. So the second part to the five things you must know before you start a practice is a business plan. And I think even if you're, you know, business plans are best if you're getting funding, if you're going to go to a bank for a loan, um, you're going to ask a family member or friend, then it's really good to have a business plan. But even if you don't do that, having a business plan where you really sit down and think about the reality of all the numbers, how much you're going to charge, how many people you think are going to come in, how you're going to market and you're really your vision for the practice and how it fits in the community that you're going into and what the competition might look like. But all of those things will give you a really clear picture of where you're headed. And when you're, if you're on course, once you start, are you on course? And if you're not, what do you need to do to course correct and yeah. stay along? I think a lot of chiropractors, you know, played sports in their life. And I think you, when you hear business plans, sometimes uh, people think that it's, it's just going to be this way. And really, I think it's like, think of your business plan like a playbook. You're going to run plays. You still have to react to what the other people on the court do, the defense, you know, and like you, like you, you made this play about, we're going to launch five months of newspaper ads. And then you have to react to what happens when they don't, you know, you don't just lay down and quit. You go, okay, well, what can we make out of it? 
if you get a, if you're, I'm a big football player. Like if your pass gets interception, what do you intercepted? What do you do? Do you just walk off the field and wipe your hands of the game? No, you, I don't care who you are. You're going to tackle whoever has the ball or you're going to make moves yeah. in response. And it, you know, that may happen every day you're making responses or monthly, but that doesn't mean you don't have a plan going into it. Like we're running this offense or we're running these plays. It's totally normal to do. Now, along with that, Haley, I mean, I know you've talked to, you guys have done a ton of interviews. What are some of the common mistakes in the business plan that has to do with the lifestyle? So obviously, like, I think we are all guilty of overestimating how many patients we'll get in, overestimating what we'll charge, overestimating how fast we'll get reimbursed by insurance, like all these, all these things. But, you know, are there people like, hey, I want to be done at, like me, I want to be done at three o'clock and go out. Uh, what does that mean? Or, or what are some other things you see as big mistakes people make in their business plan? Well, one of them's definitely overestimating, just not having real numbers. You know, bankers look at business plans all the time. So they're going to know whether your plan supports your numbers, essentially. And so then the the problem becomes when your plan doesn't support the numbers. So, you know, what are you, how are you marketing and where are you marketing? And then another problem is that people want to serve everyone. And I totally get that. We we saw anyone that would come into our practice. But when you are more niche down and you have chosen a um, an ideal patient that you're treating, then you can really hone in on your marketing and what it really looks like and how you are going to bring in those numbers by marketing to that patient. And other people are going to come in, but but I think not honing in on that, it, there's too much laxity in the business plan that's not real specific. And so those numbers can look a little crazy. Yeah, I'll give you an analogy that uh, I recently heard, I'm talking to somebody that's driving across country and they said, yeah, you know, it's going to take me X amount of hours. And I remember thinking, God, that just doesn't sound accurate. I would think it'd take more time to get to New Jersey from where we are. And I'm like, yeah, you just take the total distance and divide it by, uh, I think I can maintain an average speed of 75. And I'm like, okay, you're making an assumption A, that all the roads are going to be open, clear, no ice or snow. And we're in January. So that like what's down. You're also not factoring in the fact that you're a human being. Like you can, <laughs> you have to stop, you know, and like go to the bathroom and eat and, and just stretch out. Like you're going to be frustrated. Also, you have to get gas. Like that doesn't, you know, and they're like, I'm like, over the time, you're not going to maintain 75. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that means I'll go 80 at some points. It's like, right. But you're completely stopped for an hour that, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, estimating that as much like business, like we think we're going to be able to maintain this amazing speed. And it's like, you're human. You're going to have to go to birthday parties. You're, you know, you might join like a rotary club and there's a lunch meeting. So that's going to chew into an hour on the schedule, all these things that you kind of have to assess. But I like what you're saying about get what I think you're saying is also get the most accurate numbers you can. So talking to other local chiropractors is not bad to say like, what's your average collection? You know, I mean, like Mm -hmm. I know that we can bill $184 per visit to insurance, but that doesn't mean anywhere near that amount of money is coming in the door for those. And what does it take to get those? Yeah, because we've had we've had our practice in Colorado and then in Kansas City, and it's very different. The climate, the chiropractic, what it pays and insurance and mm-hmm. the amount of chiropractors and the population. And, and so yeah. all of those factors need to be taken into consideration. Nice. Yeah. All right. So So you talked about mindset and you talked about business plan. What's the next thing? 
Okay. So the next thing is one of the most important things is overhead. And our focus is low overhead. And I think if you're starting, especially right now, low overhead is super important. Um, And so what does that mean? It means keeping your monthly expenses low. So your rent, your telephone, your EHR, your all of those expenses that come out every month, keeping those low. And you can always add in toys or, you know, more expenses as you go, but to keep them light when you're starting, especially if you have a limited amount of um, savings to work with to start your practice. And so we have actually in our practice, we have three extra offices that we rent to independent contractors. And so we think that's really a good way to start low overhead. And as they grow, they move out of the practice and onto their own space. And, but they didn't have all of those daunting expenses to start with. When we started ours, we started in our own space and it was 2000 a month. And you just go up from there and you have to think about your, your home expenses too. Are you um, renting an apartment or you have a mortgage or you have a family to feed? And so there, we have a podcast too where we talk about all those things. If you're wondering, you know, what, what do you need to look at when you're thinking about starting a practice? So, but yeah. definitely keeping all those are low to start and can help you succeed in the end. Yeah. And for those listening, just, you know, when I came out of chiropractic college, I I'd never gone into business, so I had no idea, but overhead, Haley touched on it, but it's, you know, you might bring in $5,000 a month, but if you're paying out $6,000 a month to run it, it's heartbreaking that you now have to pay more money than you brought in to cover. And, you know, when we were at the, the biggest uh, overhead we ever had, I had 13, a team of 13. So it was me plus 12. We had uh, 5,000, almost 5,000 square feet, 49.90 because at 5,000, you needed fire sprinklers. So this building was 49.90. Um, tons of people going in. We had marketing going. We were sponsoring a bunch of groups and clubs and EHR costs and CRM costs, software costs at the yin yang, all this stuff. And you just look and you're like, dude, I have to bring in, I remember one month it was like, I have to bring in $29,800 to make a dollar, a dollar. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have to basically bring in a car just to, you know, get to zero. And it's just, man, it's, it's tough and you can do it. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't want to scourge anybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There are companies like, I mean, I'm in Las Vegas, like the amount to run a casino hotel for a single day. I think the Mirage hotel, when it opened in 1994 or five had to bring in a million dollars of gambling a day just to keep the doors open and the lights on you know, a million dollars a day back when a million bucks was a lo- real money. So you can do it. It's just don't negate, uh, keeping it low gives you the biggest chance of success. You know, it's like yeah. if you wanted to swim uh, across the ocean, having the least amount of drag on you is going to make it more likely that you're going to succeed. Yeah. And that's where the lifestyle practice, part of our lifestyle practice builders comes in is what do you want your life to look like outside of practice? And for us, when we graduated, we were a little bit older, kind of a second career for yeah. us. And so we were really focused on uh, Rich had a son, spending as much time as we could with him. I was away from where I was from. So the ability for me to go back home when I wanted to. And so for us, we didn't want the fo- whole focus to be our practice. And some people do and that's and that's fine but a lot of people they want to do other things some people i see they build stuff with wood and sell it on the side or they um my husband's a musician he loves to do that on the side um so 
being with the, having the ability to do other things and not be tied to the overhead of your practice. Um, but yeah. certainly when you're starting out, it's most important. Yeah. And uh, I just got to say this for those listening. It's really common. There are a lot of people like Haley out there that have a couple extra rooms and are willing to rent them out or gym that might have a space off the yeah. side, a single office and doing those kind of uh, early on having a small office. Maybe you just have a 10 by 10 room and they give you access of uh, a shared rehab or, or fitness space. That makes so much sense because you're not worried about the power bill, the lights, the building insurance. Like you don't have to worry about out here who takes care of the air conditioning if it breaks, you know, like, and you're just yeah. writing a single check and you know what that target is. But again, reach out to your friends and, and other doctors in that area. There might, you might be surprised at who's willing to rent space. Yeah. And we have all the rehab equipment and we yeah. had x-ray. And so you're not paying for any of that. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So we talked mindset, business plan, overhead. What's next? The next thing is systems. And this is something that is so important and they don't teach any of this in school. So some of the other things they might teach in school, definitely not teaching systems. If they have systems, they're very different than what they're going to look like in your practice. And that's because they're running a school. They're trying to teach you other things. But systems are all of the processes of the practice. And so one of the systems that we really touch on, one of the ones that we really recognized when we first started that made a huge difference is the ROF. And so the whole new patient system, how does it look like? How do they get the paperwork? How do they, how are they greeted on the phone? How are they greeted in the office? And then what's the exam look like? What's the ROF portion look like? What's the treatment look like? And then once they leave, what's, do you send a thank you? Do you, how do you follow up with all of those things? And so um, the ROF system is something we have a, a course for it online, but I think that's one of the most important systems to focus on. But there's many others. There's a you know, marketing system. There's an opening system. What's it look like before you show up to your practice? Hopefully you're not walking in with the first patient of the day. And then a closing system. And I'm sure we could sit here and come up with a million other systems and um, you know, that's how your practice is run. And if you ever want to have a second practice, you need to have those all dialed in and functioning appropriately. So. I love it. You know, uh, I know we're going to talk about marketing in a second, but for those, if you go back and listen to what Haley just said about, you know, how do you handle things? How do they get their paperwork? How do you do the follow-up? How are they greeted on the phone? All of those things. One of the best marketing plans ever, and you'll, you'll ever once in a while, you'll see some company do this, but send out a message, an email, a text message, whatever, telling the patient, hey, FY, here's what's going to happen tomorrow when you come in. Step one is we're going to do this. Step two is this. Step three is this. Step four is this. And then when they come in, crazy thought, you actually do what you just told them exactly what was going to go down. You, a, you manage your expectations and B, it is so reassuring. It builds so much trust. It feels so good when a company does that. You know, I remember we were getting tires for our, our car and they said, all right, you're, they sent us an email. Here's what's going to happen. A, B, and C. It was like, you'll drive in. Our technician will take your car from the parking lot and pull it into the shop. We're going to lift your tire up, inspect, blah, 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 or lift the car up, inspect all the tires. And then we're going to find the right tire for you. At that point, I had, I had no need to have the best uh, price in the Valley. It was just that they told me what they're going to do. They did exactly that. And you know, when the, the technician's asking for your keys, it's not like, why? I don't, you know, you're going to drive it. He's like, yeah, we pull it in. Just like we said, we were going to in the email, just like we said, we were going to on the phone. And it builds so much trust that I was like, 
If you come forward and say that every tire on my family car is $400, that's just what it is. You know? And I think a lot of people don't do that. And it's in, you know, you're saying systems, it's, it really sucks when somebody refers a patient to you as well. And one patient had a totally different experience than the other. And that's why they refer. They're like, oh yeah, go to Haley. She does X, Y, Z and, and does these tests. And, and then the next person goes in and it's nothing like what a friend said. It's like, am I in the right place? Are you? And now they're wondering and you don't ever want her to do that. Yeah. And you want it to, yeah, you want it to be same, kind of the same in a sense for everyone. Everyone's going to come in for different reasons, but you want them to have a similar experience so that when they do send someone in, they know they're going to get the same thing. That's why they're going to refer to you. Yeah. And also if you want, you know, right away, most people don't hire, but at some point you'll hire somebody, probably a front desk or a customer service person, aka front desk, answer phones, send out paperwork and whatnot. And if you already have that checklist down for what they do, you say, hey, here's what you're going to do and here's how I'll grade you. It's super easy to have that person and tell them what, you know, what you're looking for and, and to know, are they doing a great job of it? Because just follow this checklist. Yeah. And they're carrying on what you've been doing, hopefully. You're not going to not change the trash until you hire a yeah. CA. You're, you show the CA, no, this is what I do every day. I change the trash at this time. Right. And if you can do it, then this, you know, then you'll do it from now on. But if, if I see it's not getting done because you're working with a patient, I'm going to do it. Right. And so everyone in the office knows what, how things get done, why they get done, and we can fill in for each other. And it's a teamwork environment. So I love it. Well, uh, you're talking systems. I know we're going to move on to marketing, but would it be all right if I do a little live read here, Haley? Go ahead. Take a sip of coffee or water and get ready for our talk. Uh, yeah, this episode is sponsored by Clinic Gym Connect. Clinic Gym Connect is a text message-based marketing communication software, and it allows you to also to build systems. So, for example, if you want to set up an automation where every patient, before their new patient exam, gets a text message with a list of things to wear, where to go, a picture of the outside of your office, what to bring with them, you can systematize your practice. You can satisfy your customers and really wow them and also allow them an avenue to communicate with you if they have any questions. So for example, if you say, bring any, uh, you know, any x-rays or MRIs you have because you want to look at those, somebody might reply and say, uh, I have some that are like nine years old. Do you still want those? And if you don't think they're pertinent, then you can quickly and easily say, no, that's all right. Just bring whatever you have. I'm looking forward to seeing you. People love the communication. And the reason we love text message-based communications because they get open, they get read, and they get replied to. Email rarely gets open, even less rarely gets read, and even, and it's like only unicorns get replied to. So stop using email as your primary means of communication. You want to build a relationship with your patients, and a relationship comes from clear communication that actually occurs. And the best way to do that is through text messaging. So if you're interested in checking it out, Go to clinicgymconnect.com. Again, that's clinicgymconnect.com and you can see the other features there. And with that, let's go back to Dr. Haley Day. All right, Haley. Yes, so definitely relationships. I think that's a wonderful system. And I think any way you can automate, you know, the reason you come up with systems is to be able to automate it. And once you've figured that out, then you can save yourself time and money and heartache by, by getting it done quicker and without having to think about it. So having something like that would be wonderful. Yeah, we, we can build any automation you want. And all you have to do is what's called apply a tag. So like if you're coming in and I want to do the, um, you know, let's say that you're a runner, I can send the runner 
I just do one click, tag you with runner, and it knows when to send videos, when to send questions, maybe a survey out. I can make a different one for golfers. So like I work with a lot of golfers, I need them to bring in their clubs the first time and wear their golf shoes. And, you know, it's different. I don't want anybody showing up in just regular gym shoes because there's certain reasons we do those tests. And so having that automated text message is so useful and it saves so much time. Oh my God, it saves time. Yeah. And once it's set up, you don't have to think about it. Yeah. It's great. And it just run. no matter who's tagging them, you, me, uh, the front desk person or my wife, they're going to get the same videos at the same time with the same details. So I love it. Um, and it sounds like you're, you're cut from the same cloth. What was the fifth thing that you wanted to talk about? So the fifth thing is marketing. And if you do not know how to market, then um, that's something that you need to focus on because that's one of the five things that you must know before you start a practice. Um, Like I said, we tried so many things. You know, when you come out, I think when you were on our podcast, you said, "What?" I asked you, what would you do if you were starting a practice now? And you said, I would do the same thing every day for the next three years. You know, I'd get my coffee at the same place because you're building that relationship. And, you know, and so I think, with marketing, you have to, you find a place where you're comfortable for one thing. You know, if you um, are going to church, but you don't really like going to church, then that's maybe not the best thing to do. Find, find places you enjoy the people, you enjoy being and make yourself a part of it. You know, how can you be a part of the chamber? Can you be on a committee for an event? But building those relationships and, and also just seeking out many different ways of doing that when you first start. And when we all first start, we have more time than money. So I think it's looking for those opportunities to spend your time building relationships and establishing yourself in the community. And then it can be, you know, as you get further along, you can give donations to the schools, you can give money, you know, spend some money on different advertising. But at first, it's all about building relationships and getting in the community. Yeah, I love that. And you know, it um, I own a communication company like with the software, but really the reason that we did that is you're going to have so many opportunities. I don't know if you recognize this, Haley. If you had actually followed up on every opportunity that was presented to you in the first two years, how much bigger would your practice have been those two years? And for yeah. me, I think about yeah. it. If I had just followed up with the people I got a business card from or I met at the chamber and sent them a quick text, hey, Haley, it was a pleasure to meet you today. Um, you know, if you ever have anything, let me know. I'm happy to take care of you. Or, you know, we offer this special to chamber people, by the way, don't think you need to run a special to everybody, but if you do, don't think it has to be financial, like saying chamber members, we guarantee we'll get you in with 24 hours. People love some sort of special treatment because they're a member of some group, whether it's a rotary club or a chamber or they're a member at a gym, but you don't have to give a financial discount, but do something that makes you feel special, you know, or you get this extra movement exam or something like that. People love that. And it might anchor them more to your practice because, you know, you're both part of this same group. But man, I think if I had just followed up on every damn relationship and I just had a list of people, I think we could have been double the size we were. Yeah, I think, and we, especially we recommend reaching out to people and asking them about them. And then by chance, they're going to ask you about you, but you can always ask someone, Hey, I'd love to come see your insurance office. And you just go in there and you see, and you ask them, what's the best referral for you? And they're going to ask you, Hey, can I come to your office sometime? You know, what, what are you looking for? Who can I send your way? So 
I think that, and then also thank you. I think sending thank yous, it's a lost art. And I think, um, even me, I'm not good at it. I used to be awesome at it and then I had kids. So I'm going to blame them for a lot of things, but, um, thank yous definitely. I think, um, I just got one the other day from someone that um, bought a chiro planner and it meant the world to me. I loved it. I want to do anything I can to help that person succeed. You know, I love and it. I, yeah. And I think and if you I go think, on go on Amazon and buy one of these boxes of a hundred thank you cards, if you're new in practice. Oh yeah. Look at that as a box full of a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, it's gonna be that after when you send those out, you're right, Haley. If you if you send those out to everybody who contact you, stop by the office, wanted to build a relationship with you, anybody you meet, even if it's a neurosurgeon that you're going to refer to, I don't care what their position is or what you, they, everybody appreciates a handwritten thank you. Not an email, not a text, a handwritten thank you card. Yeah. And you can put your cards in there. You know, I think a lot of students, they come out, they want to go around to businesses and meet them, which is great. And they take their business cards and they pass them out. And um, I think a better way to do it is to go meet those people, take their business card. You're all about them when you're there. And then you send them a thank you, send them a couple of your business cards at that time. You can invite them to your grand opening. You can invite them into your office just to come one day. And I think that makes a huge difference than just kind of um, surprise attacking them with your cards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't work in, in uh, dating relationships and it doesn't work no. in relationships, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, that's funny. So, and then I, I know you, I want one more thing. I know that I've heard you touch on this on your podcast um, is also reaching and part of marketing is the relationships you've already built with patients that have already come in. It's the number one thing I go to. Uh, if you ask me, what should I do during the pandemic? I would say, reach out to your patients. Um, people miss people. And to know that you care, you care about them and how they're doing um, means the world to them. And if they need to come in, they're going to come in. And if they don't, they don't. But um, right. I think that's where you start. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up. And thank you for listening to the podcast, by the way. Uh, yeah. It's quite an honor. Um, uh, you know, one, we had one of our clients in the software that was talking about reactivations. And he said, you know what the craziest reactivation success story I ever had? He said, I've sent out a lot of emails saying, come back in and do this. So the best one was, all we did was send out a text that said, hey, FYI, we're open during COVID, but here's the procedures that we need to follow. Just, you have to have a mask on, um, wait in your car, and we'll text you at your appointment time, let us know you arrive, and we'll text you. Because in his office, the square footage was like, there could only be two patients in, like physically in the office with the staff. Uh And so he had to just limit that. So just had everybody wait outside. And he just laid out the procedures and said, Anytime, if you need anything, just let us know. And if, and if not, we have some stretches we'll send you to keep you healthy during COVID if you're too nervous to come in. That text message went out to us. He had a big patient base. Like a, he had like 1,500 patients. But he said he got 27 reactivations from that. Wow. And all it was was just, like you're saying, communicate. People miss people. And also, they have questions. They don't know. Are you even open? If you say, yes, we're open, and all, but you have to follow these procedures, you're providing some structure, providing some guidance, and you're saying, we'll take care of you, but X, Y, Z. And I think he also like had a link for, or he said, if you need to schedule like a virtual visit, just let us know. People love that stuff. And, you know, communicating is, I would say like with my wife if, on my way out the door, hey, just FYI, I'm taking the kids to school today and you're picking them up. Now, it's been that way for a year. But it's, there's never a time where she's like, 
yes and stop saying that. It's like, yep, we got it. It's so simple just to have that reassuring communication. Yeah. Yeah. So Haley, uh, once again, can you share the, the, the um, website so people can download? Because you said this is actually an ebook on your website, right? Yeah. So I wrote an ebook. It's on our website at lifestylepracticebuilders.com. It's right on the front there, but you can also go to lifestylepracticebuilders.com slash ebook. And then on our podcast, Lifestyle Practice Builders, which you can listen to on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere they all you listen to them. Um, I did a whole series where I go real in depth on each one. So, but if nice. you get the ebook, um, there's action steps for each one and great way to, you know, when you're a student, you need to be thinking about these things. I think sometimes students spend too much time on the clinical side of it, if you yeah. ask me, yeah. not enough on the business side, shadowing in offices and learning right. as much as you can and, and so that you're building that foundation while you're in school. So. I love it. Yeah, I think the focus on the lifestyle thing, that's one regret I would say from my early days in practice. I did a lot of things that just you know, they just didn't feel comfortable. I mean, I don't know how to say that, like, you know, going after the wrong patients or talking to the wrong groups or hanging out, trying to get patients. And really I should have done the things I felt the most genuine in because that came across too, you know, um, we have a, a client, um, and she's a total introvert and she hates public speaking, hates it. But she's like, yeah, what I, but she loves talking to really nerdy engineers and like, uh, PhDs and things like that. And, if she's going to open up, it's to them, but she doesn't like going to the local, you know, bro house lifting gym and talk. It just doesn't fit her, mm-hmm. her genuine nature. And that's okay. So she finds these opportunities to talk with these nerds and she feels super comfortable. And guess what? They see a very genuine person and they come in and that's what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we didn't want to do spinal screenings. So we never, we've never done a spinal screening. So you can do anything, you know, and I've just talked to a lot of chiropractors that, you know, 10 years in, they're doing really well, but they just find that the practice isn't serving them in many different ways. It's bringing in the money, but it doesn't serve their soul. And so I think starting from the beginning, figuring out how your practice fits into your life and not how in that waiting 10 years to figure that out is, is important. And I think the great thing is looking at this list of what we talked about at any point, I don't care if you're 20 years in practice, you know, overhead, for example, if you're 20 years into practice, it print out your bank statement every month and sit down with your two most trusted employees and say, let's go through this thing line by line. What can we eliminate? And you're probably going to find software that you're like, we're still paying for this, you know, pro plan on X, Y, Z. We don't even have this, you know, we never use that anymore or, um, I'm trying to look at something else or business plan go, we got to stop with this. You know, we got to close Fridays. Uh, so here's one. We started closing on Fridays at 1 PM because we realized we'd get all these people who are scheduled like 3 PM to 5 would call in and cancel. And yep. over a six month time, less than 50% of the people who were scheduled for Friday afternoons came in. So we, my business partner and I just sat down at that time and we're like, why, do, why are we doing this? Why are we banging our head against the wall? We're stuck here till five or six on a Friday. We want to get out. Half the other people are getting out and, you know, like, let's not even do it. So we closed at one or two on Fridays and then we all added, added those hours back into the week at different times. We made way more money. We were way happier. And you know what? We could go home at like two or three on a Friday. It was awesome. Yeah, we did that same exact thing. Another thing we've never done is done call reminders. 
So, which I'm guessing your, does your service do text reminders or? Yeah, we do text reminders just to say like, hey, you have an appointment here at this time. And that way, the reason we do text is, you know, calls take a long time. You can only do about 10 to 15 calls in an hour. um, Whereas text, you could send out all of them in half a second. And then anybody replies goes, actually, because a lot of times you'll get things, I woke up, my kid has the flu, I can't come in. But they're not thinking about their appointment. They're thinking about, you know, their kid throwing up and all that. And so if they can just quickly reply to a text, man, that's so efficient, opens up that time. Yeah, I think texting's great. We just would never call. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's Because it it's, it's a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. Right. And that we don't want to be a, um, you know, a... A call center? Wanna, yeah, we don't want to be a call center. We want to be chiropractors, so... Totally fine, yeah. And I, I mean, I will tell people, like, when we're talking about lifestyle, there are some people, uh, I have a client who loves our system because he is great on the phone. And um, he's an LDS guy. When he came back from his mission, he worked for a multi-level marketing firm. So he can, he has no problem getting on the phone. Hell, he has no problem knocking on doors. So calls Mm -hmm. are easy to him, you know, but um, he's great on the phone and it fills up his practice. So he just spends an hour on uh, Tuesdays and an hour on Thursdays just calling. Um, And typically what he's calling is people that, uh, so they, they're a lead in his practice. So they haven't come in for, uh, to be a patient yet. He met them at an event or something. He collected their information, calls them and just chats with them about what they're looking for and if it's a right fit. And every Tuesday and every Thursday, probably get somewhere between three and seven new patients just from converting them. But he's super comfortable. It'd be like me telling you, hey, hey, I need you to go to Starbucks and get a coffee and come home. Like it's that amount of energy for him. Whereas some mm-hmm. people, like my other client who's an introvert, it would tear her apart to do that, you know? Yeah. And that's okay. That's totally yeah. okay. Just find that thing that you're really good at and it comes off so genuine. Uh, yeah. Well, and that's the part that's going to help you build your relationships and find your your tribe. Yeah, so I love it. All right, well, Haley, if you could share the name of the podcast and the website one more time for people who are listening and want to download that ebook. Sure, it's Lifestyle Practice Builders and LifestylePracticeBuilders.com. Fantastic. All right. Well, on behalf of Dr. Haley Day, this is Dr. Josh Satterley saying, listen to what Haley just covered. Go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Thanks so much, Haley. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I want to let you know that this episode was brought to you by ClinicGymConnect.com. ClinicGymConnect.com. Now, if you want to grow your practice, add a gym, provide great customer service, whatever you want to do in your clinic or in your gym, Clinic Gym Connect can help you do it faster, easier, more efficiently, and make your patients and clients fall in love with you. So just check it out at clinicgymconnect.com.